go. My man. What is up, Soul Bro? Hey, boys. Dude, it's about it. damn time. <laughs> I feel oh, that. Man. How are you, brother? Good. It's a beautiful day. We, we're both located in uh, the Jersey Shore, New Jersey right now. Paul actually flew out from Oregon to spend like, what, like 18 days out here? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so we've just been getting to know each other before our launch, which is starting to become kind of public on Twitter. Um, yep. And we've just had beautiful weather out here. Workouts have been ridiculous. Just just enjoying the simple things yeah. in life. It's, just, it's just been a blast. Being a few... Uh, the the only things in life, right? <clears throat> Amen. You can enjoy the simple things. Everything else doesn't fucking matter, really. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. And that's what I love about uh, both you guys, really. I I'm assuming, obviously, because you're working together, you have the same mindset about life and everything. And yes. I really resonate that with that as well, I think. Um, oh, man. Dude, we've been so excited to get on this podcast. I know I've, I've flaked a few times, but it's about time. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, man. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it very real. When I first made my Twitter account, it was because I discovered your page. And I recognized for the first time, I was like, holy shit. I'm not the only person who thinks this way. I'm not the only person trying to sort of like just do something different than the average Joe. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't always love this word, but just just trying to bring something wholesome to the world. Yeah. So honestly, I saw your page. I thought it was so cool. And then I, I made mine. And then after enough time of sharing what I think about, um, yeah. managed to connect with homie Paul. And of course, very much like-minded and really just excited to be working with somebody um yeah who shares the same vision because as you know so raw it is rare these days it really is yeah i think it's it's rare but it's also i think our role to cultivate that with that within other people who maybe it's just <clears throat> it's rare because they have never been exposed to it or exactly. they just haven't had that part of them um Exposed, exposed to it and the ideas that then kind of settle into their head like, oh there's a, there's a different way of doing things or hang on why do I do that that way and you know, you know I wouldn't have these ideas if I hadn't been exposed to them through you know some other people in my life or the books that I've read so I think uh, it's also we have the capacity to bring that out of people um, not that, you know, I'm a super legend that is a guru or whatever, but just like Me. telling people that, you know, there is this other option of life. You don't have to live in the kind of perpetual anger, sadness, stress, and, you know, that whole place of letting go in your mind. So it, if you could talk about that journey for yourself and then yeah, after, for sure. like, how did you first get into Because I know you've had a a turbulent kind of progression yeah. through that as we all have as we come to terms and wrestle with that kind of different mindset yeah yeah for sure man i mean i come from a very type a part of the world uh, my parents met at princeton university just very hard-working people my mother is a devout empath she basically martyred herself at a young age she went through incredible pain that i, I still am learning about um in my 30s mm. and then my father is I love my father to death, Sobra, and part of the reason why I did flake on you a few times is because I haven't known how much I've wanted to open up publicly about some, such personal things, but 
My father is what they would call a narcissist. However, he is the greatest man I've ever known in my life. Um, but I'm the product of that relationship. So it's interesting to hear you say things like, you know, well, I, I'm just of the belief that humanity, all of us, we are infinity. We are the cosmos. So if we become aware of something that is going to suggest that we can be living a more wholesome life, we're going to do it. So one, the reason I say that is because I feel like I was born into a reality where like, I was born so deeply into delusion where people were, you know, competing with their jobs because they had this trauma they hadn't healed within themselves. Mm. And I was kind of thrown into that. I spent, you know, most of my childhood visiting Princeton University and these Ivy League schools and all this stuff. And it wasn't until I was about 18 that I <laughs> became aware of myself as a person because I had learned from my parents to just, you know, grind, grind, yeah. grind, and that yeah. there was no such thing as like presence. So for whatever reason, there are no musicians in my family, but I became this like pretty legit musician. And I'm convinced that it has to do with the fact that I just tapped into a presence for whatever reason that has saved me from the, the typical life that most people are living. And uh, yeah, man, it, it was, I was about, let's see, I was about 28 years old, 20, 27 years old. Um, I graduated college, I was working in New York City. <laughs> very much was like my father at this point my mind was just always running i was very competitive uh, and then all of a sudden you know i was two years into a relationship with a woman whom i loved dearly but i just couldn't be the man for her that i that i knew i was supposed to be and she left me and that heartbreak that sudden mm, that pain was so immense that i finally looked within myself and i don't know why god graced me with this moment but I think it's because of the fact that, again, my parents are on these two very, very potent extremes in terms of personality. When I when I experienced that heartbreak, I looked within myself and I, I just suddenly realized that I was not the ego. I wasn't thought itself. Yeah. And you know, you know, it, it, it sounds crazy to most people. It's kind of a challenge for me to share because I often don't know who's prepared to hear what I'm saying, but I mean, the truth- yeah, the right people will be. And honestly, Solbra, that's that's what I've learned through my Twitter account is because I am very vulnerable on my Twitter and it can be painful at times, but yeah. I have connected with people who are so real and so genuine that, you know, that's the positive polarity behind the pain. And, exactly. you know, when I realized I wasn't my thoughts <laughs> and all you've ever known is just being <laughs> competitive, like, dude, come yeah. on. Yeah. So after that, like, Man, my life shifted. I, I won't say I lost all my friends. I won't say, say that I I lost really anything because everything is still the same. But man, I stepped onto a path that was uh, not something I ever expected I would be living. Um, realized I wasn't my thoughts, bought a plane ticket to Montana, quit my job, ended up being you know, homeless for about a year, just trying to figure out who and oh, what shit. I was and how, yeah, oh yeah and how it could be possible that I wasn't my thoughts despite being so attached to my ego my whole life. But yeah, man, letting go for me is, is, a, is a foundation of my experience. So yeah, pretty crazy. And Paul, how do you find that you've come to the same sort of realization if you have, and, and just if you could go a bit into your background uh, as well? Yeah, man. Um, 
pretty much everyone has their own hardships. I think mine just happened earlier in my life. And similar to Jack, like we were just kind of in this whole matrixy world and we had to find our escapes. And, and you can't do that without detaching yourself from, from the life you were born into, right? So yeah, it was really just how you kind of view the world and externally, nothing really mattered. And um, for me, I just, I just had to find a way and it was like such a lonely path, but yeah, I found my, my escape through the gym because I didn't know what was for certain in life. Like, you know, I'm like this teenager always asking, what is the meaning of life? So mm -hmm. I would devote myself to just, you know, saving money and investing in my time to working out. And over time, I would just learn about uh, exercise, nutrition, and now I study it at university. And, you know, I, I had a pretty normal upbringing um, on the shallow surface, like I'd party and just have a great social life. But deep down, like I knew I didn't want to live in that normal life. Yeah. It is, it's very interesting, Sobra, that, that Paul and I have linked up because it feels like he and I are standing on two ledges of the polarity of like being a man. He, he and I, like where I'm strong, he's weak. Where I'm weak, he is strong. But at the foundation of who we are, we've both identified that what we literally are is something that exists behind or beyond any thought you can ever have. Yeah. So, so with that as a, like your core value with the person you're doing business with, it's like, yo, we are, we know we've already won. Doesn't matter if Paul and I really make any money. We know we're going to be changing people's lives just because we're approaching our business and basically our lives from a much more, I guess, authentic and real paradigm than most people that we tend to be around. Yeah, yeah, like be, like before we linked up, I mean, I couldn't imagine going through my day-to-day -day life, but with this such clear vision, I really wouldn't want to pursue anything else in life other than this right here. Yeah, what else is there, honestly? Yeah, yeah it, it's interesting you say that because I think at all business in general, uh, when you are doing it in a way that is, like you said, authentically motivated and the core of it is to help people. Uh, the money will follow. That's just kind of a, uh, the scoreboard of, of, you know, creating value for people. Uh, and I think that's the byproduct. <laughs> exactly. It's always going to be, um, if you create value for people, that's always going to result in, you know, financial success rather than the soul sucking way of making <clears> money <throat> just from a, you know, a, a big corporation where you go in an office, you don't really believe what's, what's going on, but you're collecting the paycheck. And I think that's probably the root cause of so much heartache and stress. I know amongst my own friends that yes, the money's good. The company's good. It's a good opportunity, but it's not ideally, you know, I wouldn't say that they fully wholeheartedly believe. And I'm not knocking that because people need to put food on the table and everything. I understand that, right. of course. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm curious, Sobra, like, 
Do you, one thing that I'm struggling with these days in my life is, I don't think I'm supposed to directly try to change anybody on the face of the earth unless they approach me with that desire. And I'm curious because when we first started off the podcast, I have, I have so much to say that I'm kind of all over the place. But one thing, I have this theory that because we are infinity, you and I both know we are the, co the cosmos um, self-aware. When you become aware of uh, something hindering you from growth, something hindering you from um, higher potential. Yeah. If we just become aware of it, because we are infinity, you know, I'm not Dr. Dre. I, you know, he's not Paul. These are just sounds, words coming yeah. from what? It's just an identity. An identity, an yeah. it, exactly, an image of the mind, or for the mind, rather. But if you approach somebody with, I guess, higher awareness, <laughs> which would be somebody who has healed themselves to the point of being able to see flaws in another. And if you love that person and you approach them with the truth, in my experience, 99% of the time, that person looks at you and experiences that advice as criticism. So it's very interesting mm. to me. It makes it very clear how everything is energy and I need to be conscious because if I approach somebody with what I know is higher awareness and even with you know, I guess I'll call it love. I'm approaching yeah. them gently. I'm aware of them. I know how to talk to them. If they're not ready to hear what I'm going to tell them, <laughs> you can see the demon that comes out of them at yeah. the time. It's just yeah. reactivity because yeah. they're not prepared to hear that message. And I, yeah. I guess I'm curious if, if you've experienced that given your following and, and how much <laughs> you've already done for people and all of that. So I, I think it's two different angles with you know the online following versus maybe real life when i've made attempts to help sure. or whatever so with the online you're putting stuff out there people follow if they choose to and then they can take away bits that are relevant and helpful to them or you know if they're struggling with fat loss they'll they'll search specifically for fat loss and then there's tweets from yeah. to go there it's more so filtered all. yeah more filtered yeah, yeah. and you've only got people that are really i mean hopefully <clears throat> following you because they want to learn something they like what you have to say and so i think that that's that's already you're sub-selecting from people that want to change or they they notice that something isn't quite right there and so they're much more open to receiving something it's like going to a library picking up a book and reading it and being like Ah, I'm getting annoyed. Like that that doesn't really happen as such. But with, right. with with in person, because you know, you like to think that, and obviously, with higher awareness, you just become more and more aware of your more and more flaws in a way, um, which is a good thing. But. It, it also like I, I've tried to lead by example and that's always like the best you can do and if you're not especially with people that knew you before um, the progression and internal work like I've always found that with my closest friends I'll tell them straight up and it doesn't matter like we can have that kind of level of discussion without them getting upset or I'll just say hey dude um, take it or leave it this is my take on you know your diet your exercise um you could you should do this if you want xyz results and yeah. just leave it at that and then that's an information point for them to digest that comes from someone that knows what they're talking about in that regard and then that it's up to them 
and you, you leave a trail of breadcrumbs and if they're interested really uh, then they'll come back to you but even then it doesn't always happen and I think <clears throat> what I've realized is you have to lead by example and be there and have the breadcrumbs but if you go and try and shove bread into someone's mouth they're going to spit it out you know yeah yeah and that can be frustrating because you see or you know like and this God. is a way of fixing your problem that you have and I Dude, want, it's I right want there it's you. right there yeah i want to see you happier and healthier but yeah, yeah. ultimately and i think this is a very important distinction as well if you try to solve someone's problem for them you are denying them the lessons to be learned Ooh. yeah right cool. so they have wisdom that their particular physical experience has to learn to then be attached to their soul and be true knowledge yeah. for them to take forward and if someone yeah. comes up to them hands you a step-by-step -step guide of how to avoid this problem and then they do it maybe they fix the problem but they haven't learned it right and that goes for all things yeah. it's like when the homie has his first girlfriend and he starts simping and texting all the time and you know buying her things and you just want to go bro please don't like she's just <laughs> gonna freak out you know don't do um but he's not gonna learn until she fucking stops texting him and he'd be like well what, what happened yeah dude you yeah, came dude. on way 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 too strong you know so it's, it's one of those things i think sure yeah and this, this to me is such an interesting conversation, especially given money Twitter, because one thing that I think about regularly is like, to me, the internet is, is almost 99% delusion. You can find anything in infinity. And honestly, like the internet is infinity. Everything is up there. So you can find truth if you go looking for it. But I'm always, it just fascinates me what's going on, bro, in this money Twitter community, because part of my story is you know i told you i was homeless for a year there's so much to unpack there i just it, it it makes it can bring out some crazy emotions but one thing that i started doing out in montana when i really all i had was like a laptop and the, the library i would just hop on reddit and i would just start posting things that i thought that i knew were unusual but i started realizing that they were helping people just to sort of understand themselves mm. so after enough time i came to twitter with the same intent and it has been so much fun but all the while i've just had in the back of my mind like people people have lost themselves to the internet and to social media they're in on, in some way there's like this this general mind virus that people pick up when they when they find themselves on the internet but at the same time there's a place like money twitter where there are so many individuals who are unusual with their awareness of what is and i'm so fascinated by what happens when the truth meets the internet because the truth always wins. We all know that. Yeah. So what happens when more and more of us start sharing the truth and living it and not saying it in a way where we're like trying to change the world? You know what I'm saying? Of course, that yeah. is my, my fundamental intent with basically everything I do at this point, because I don't know what else to do. What else yeah. is life? Yeah. But it's just so cool to me to see what, what we have building on this on this part of the Internet. And I know I, I talk about it all the time with my tweets, yada, yada, but it's just fascinating. It really is. To me, it's just so interesting. And I, and I really do feel like an impact is actually being made on the world through our little community on the internet, which is only growing. A hundred percent. And 
you know, you, you saw it like in the last year and a half, like that's when this higher awareness sphere, and it probably existed and it definitely existed in people on various social For medias sure. before us, of course, but mm-hmm. particularly this area with its own, you know, unique blend of self-sufficiency, ego awareness, um, acting with integrity, like those kinds of themes that came up like that hasn't really existed on social media before and I think that's what's so refreshing and good about it and I think it's indicative of a larger energetic awareness and shift in the population because online communities online stuff it's not going away that this is you know this is the world now um and to have a section of that world where that aligns with your values that is better than not engaging with it at all um and i think you know the whole lockdown everything that's happened has accelerated that and i think that it's important to just like it is in real life to always speak your mind always be nice to people and share what you think is going to help and just do that in an online way and i think that's what's resonated with a lot of people and i hope helps you know if you can get to we need to get to the critical mass of people being aware and once that happens it all flips that's where i feel like we're trying to get to yeah 100 percent and and it's a special platform we're doing it on because you can reach so many people and just let everyone come to their own conclusions by not being imposing but rather just leading yeah Mm-hmm. What do they say? What's it? I read this saying recently. It was like, it kind of tripped me out um, because I, st- I still do. I have to admit, you know, I still, of course, I have an ego. and The ego never goes anywhere. And, if, you know, I still try to be a leader. And, but I read this quote the other day that's like, the best leader in the room, or rather the only real leader in the room is the one who doesn't, doesn't want to lead. He's not against it, but it's not something he's like choosing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because it's, it's just unspoken. There's no ego. It's like, oh, okay, you're the most aware. You're the strongest. You're going to be our leader. And we beneath you because we are no longer interested in sort of the tyrannical archetype existence. We're going to respect you. Yeah. We're going to respect you and look up to you and follow the leader, which is actually such a cool thing to bring up because it actually brings me to, um, I can sort of shift, shift topics here, but um, with with what this venture that Paul and I are doing, um, we're just trying to bring back Solbra, and I, I know you'll align with this. We're just trying to bring back that Arnold vibe, that Arnold Schwarzenegger like community in the gym vibe, where like yeah. we we just we just fundamentally respect each other. You see a guy who's bigger and stronger than you, <clears throat> and you look at him, and you're like, damn, I want to yeah. be like that dude, bro. Yeah. I don't don't know about you, but I've had my fair share of steroid accusations. (laughs) Like, like it is so much easier to just get motivated rather than than jealous and just, you know, as a cope, to talk shit as a cope. You can just get inspired and have it yourself. And, you know, these these meatheads that seem like, you know, they're assholes, they're they're the most humble and... (laughs) They are the most humble and nice guys, and they are so willing to just sit down and help you as much as possible. So true. Yeah. And um, I think that's just the the world we live in is just a lot of insecure people that don't have that that brother, that mentor, you know, someone to lean back on. Yeah, but like that too leads me back to 
you know, my theory that as infinity, once we become aware of a higher, a higher truth, like we sort of naturally start guiding ourselves that way. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people are so blocked with insecurity, which has come from social media and, you know, yada, yada, mm. that people are just not willing to see the light anymore because it just scares them too much. You know, in the same way, well, like we were just talking about how if you approach somebody with advice they often feel it as criticism it's like why is that let's unpack that it's because you're you're popping their their little comfort bubble <laughs> exactly it's really just we get used to the state of life that we're in the state of living the day-to-day when deep down all of us knows that it's not where we want to be we don't want to be stagnant we don't want to be living in this like victimized <clears throat> mindset but so many people bring that victimized mindset to a place like the gym because they're there to work on themselves. You know what I'm saying? So it makes sense that people bring this sort of insecure vibe there, but. Well, you know, if, so if I think it's more, um, the people that are actually like, oh, you're on steroids, blah, blah, blah. It's mostly social media. It's mostly people that aren't at the gym. Like how many people have come up to you in the gym and hey, uh, how are the steroids, bro? Like, you know, we <laughs> That doesn't happen. Fantastic point. Um, So I think like anyone in the gym has got at least a base level of, you know, they're the allies, of course, um, but there's a base level of, hey, I'm here, I want to improve. And that's a great thing. And, you know, this is why I want to one day open up a gym, you know, on the beach, the compound and have it and cultivate that kind of fraternity vibe there because, I know that there are people that don't have that at all. And if I can help cultivate that kind of community, because community needs to be cultivated and it needs to be, you need to input energy to create an energetic field that then helps others. And if you can intentionally curate that, um, I I think that that's a great thing. And bodybuilding is just a a vehicle uh, and training in general, that's a vehicle and a shared community thing to do that through, which I think is is very important. And that's, it's gone like probably because of the, the mass produced nature of fitness in general is like money came in money needs to be made as much as possible it's just always the case with um when things get bigger and then there was no it's all the sterile environments the the chain gyms like that kind of stuff takes away from what I think, you know, we look at back at the golden age of bodybuilding with rose tinted goggles, none of us are there, but I think we can all agree that that was probably a, a better time and a better vibe where, you know, the bodybuilders say everyone helped each other. There was no competition outside of, you know, the actual competitions. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is a place that everyone should strive to get to, even outside the gym is if you see someone struggling in life or just, you know, if you can offer some advice that, you know, there is no competition because the competition arises from the egoic nature of, you know, the biological brain thinking, hey, uh, am I good enough in my standing of the tribe and compared to that person, am I a, a better, more potential mate? Uh, you know, th- that's where ultimately it all comes from is trying to put each other down or do better than your neighbor because you want to have a better reproductive chance with, you know, the women in your tribe. And <clears throat> we can rise above that and just being aware that that mechanism is something that we can ideally transcend as a human that has a higher level of awareness for all those things. Yes, 
I, I guess that's ultimately, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was yours, but I'd say ultimately, if I had to, to say I had a goal before I died, it would be to create that community, mm -hmm. you know, where people, people have stepped beyond sort of the tyrannical, I guess that's something I, I should just briefly talk about, because who knows how many of your listeners are aware of what that is, but um, as you know, Soul Rod, there's the tyrannical archetype, and then there's the philosopher king, good king. Yeah. And in my experience, having learned from my father, whom I mentioned earlier, what a powerful guy, you know, he's such a smart dude and, and he knows how to get things done, but emotionally he, he didn't, he hasn't yet come full circle. Um, and, and in my opinion, like the tyrant, the tyrannical archetype is the most common path of the modern man. Um, and it's born ultimately of, of insecurity. But once you see beyond that, you recognize what's going on and you recognize that you're the one running away from yourself um, because of these insecurities and that actually the man you want to be is the one who has let go of that pursuit entirely of the ego's pursuit entirely um, so in that sense what I've learned in my life is that the life that I aim to live is actually so much simpler than I ever thought it would be and the way that I recognize that is by doing a whole bunch of unlearning so personally I've had to just just let go of almost everything that I had learned, you know, my whole life. And then I recognized behind that guy is this very quiet, very honest, me. And I had never known who that person was until I did this letting go and, I, and finally let myself be, you know, one of the people of the world who acknowledges where he's been tyrannical, because honestly, it's that tyrannical aspect of us where we're like seeking to fulfill the insecurity that our ego tries telling us is so important. Yeah. It's like, that's not really who you are. And it never was. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite a trip to become aware of. At least it has been in my experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to speak a bit more about the training because I haven't had as many like bodybuilder focused guys on the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. When you guys are training together, what kind of stuff are you doing? Like what, what, is elevating the training sessions to i think you said you said a tweet where you were doing shoulders and you threw up you know like what kind of <laughs> stuff <laughs> what kind of stuff are you doing in there and you know how, how is the dynamic with having you know a fully engaged training partner because i've had training partners <clears throat> briefly at college you know when i wasn't also as as serious about training as i am now but how does that, you know, raise you up? And if you just speak about the kind of training you guys are doing at the moment. Oh, hell yeah. So before I even landed in Jersey, um, I told Jack, I mean, look at the way Arnold's training with Frank. And uh, despite yeah. the height differences, that's kind of similar to what we have going on. And Jack, how tall are you? Uh, almost 62. 62. All right, so I'm 5'9". And that high difference, I think it symbolizes something uh, in a training partner where there is no competition. Um, we're here to make each other better. So when we're lifting, I mean, we're going force reps, like heavy, going until past failure. Yeah. And um, something like incline dumbbell pressing, like there's, there's no way you can truly push past your limits safely unless you have a training partner. Yeah. And um, since day one, I mean, I got off the plane and three hours later, we're in the gym and and we we literally have not let off the gas pedal and oh yes, baby. Yeah, so just force reps, supersets, drop sets, and um 
and we'll hit compound lifts really hard, but we'll, we will isolate the targeted muscles and pre-exhaust that prior to the compound lifts. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think Jack's ever been exposed to this kind of intensity. And, and it's quite refreshing for me because I do this on my own, but with the training partner, it really takes it to the next level. Yeah, yeah Paul's out of his mind when it comes to the workouts that he writes up for people. Um, I can't say that I'm not out of my, my mind too when it comes to that. It's like, and so I'd be interested if you'd agree with me on this. I, I feel like there's something very, very cool and real about like the spiritual bodybuilder. Ultimately, yeah, I identify as spiritual. I know that there's no such thing. I am spirit. But because I've recognized the degree, like I've recognized that I'm not the ego, I've seen beyond myself as thought. So I, I just feel that I'm able to tap into a deeper sincerity anywhere I want to, right? If yeah. I'm standing in line at Subway, right? Yeah. And people are like, you know, people are giving the cashier a hard time. I just, I'm like, what is going, how could you ever? Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. drop that and I bring sort of like a positivity that I know is gonna heal the moment. When I'm in the gym, I'm able to let go of my ego that would say, man, I feel really weak today. Or, you know, I'd compare myself to the guy next to me. Yeah. I just let go of that tendency completely. And by doing that, I tap into this, this unusual, I know it's an unusual mind to muscle connection. Yeah. And I know it's unusual because I, I probably look like a freaking weirdo at the gym compared to most people. Like I'll close my eyes as if I'm praying to God before he's set. Yeah. Yeah. Just channeling that inner energy. And I think that's why these workouts have been so fulfilling. It's beyond the pump. It's, it's a release. And, and it's actually kind of funny. Like, each time we go into the gym, there's always like an older guy that like comes up to us, <laughs> daps us up and just gives us respect. And um, yeah. and no, not much exchanges in words. It's just, it's just a energy. Yeah, we, Paul and I exchange very few words in the gym. And if he wasn't around me, I mean, you know, since that experience of, of seeing through myself. So I, uh, I don't know, man, I've kind of brought this same intensity to the gym every day thereafter, because I don't really, that's what I know now, but I just think it's so funny, man, because I get so many DMs from so many young young men asking like, yo, what is the secret? Whether it's a steroid or something you're eating that people don't know about. And I think there's, there's, there's a few answers, of course, but I think the most important ones are like, first of all, genetics, keep that in mind. We all have different genetics. You know, some of us have elite genetics. Some of us have bullshit genetics. Just is what it is. You got to work with what you got, you know? Yeah. But beyond that, there's this level of intensity that all of us can tap into and which I believe all of us have tapped into, but which you can only tap into regularly when you have seen beyond yourself. And in that sense, like what I tell kids and who knows how many kids I'm like pushing away from the gym experience by telling them this truth that I have, but the way to get there is to acknowledge your own death. You really have to just look at the fact that you're going to die one day. And this isn't, this isn't just applied to bodybuilding. This is applied to business. This is applied everything. to being everything, the best man for the relationships, you know, everything. Because once you acknowledge your own death, no matter what you do tap into a level of sincerity that you know you have been missing. And so, yeah, man, ultimately, like what separates me and Paul's workouts from the rest? He and I are two gentlemen who, unlike I'd say the average man, are willing to acknowledge our own absence, which has allowed us to tap into sort of a heightened presence in the gym, which I personally believe results in sort of a lack of glitching of your energy, which, which is 
you know, if you're lifting, it's going to result in a deeper mind to muscle connection. Yeah. Really, well, I, I forget sorry, who says a, a bodybuilder that said you have to be willing to die in the set. And oh, that's, I, yeah, you know, I got to figure out who that thing. is. Cause that's, yeah, that's a hundred percent. That is absolutely it. <laughs> yeah. And I think and, you go, Paul, you go. <laughs> and to bring that mindset every day, I mean, just living life the way it's supposed to be as if you died tomorrow. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you want to live life that way? Yeah. I think it's, it's thrown around, like live every day like it's your last, but genuinely, <laughs> if you knew you were facing the executioner's block tomorrow, what, what would every day feel like? You would wake up, you'd look at the sunrise and be like, God damn, this is the last time that I'm gonna be able to see this beautiful rising of this giant orb of light and energy. And that's the first thing on your day. And you look at it and you go, that's amazing. And then you'll go into your kitchen and you'll brew a cup of coffee or you'll make your breakfast and be like, this is the last time that I'll be able to do this for myself, that I could, you know, taste these, these delicious eggs and fruit and you would just have a, a very sincere appreciation. And imagine the workout that you would have if you knew you were going to the executioner's block. Like <laughs> oh, let's go. Bro. <laughs> You'd be like, well, this is I'm it. Four plates on bench press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to so die easy. because, you know, I'm dying tomorrow anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So I think that's there's so much, all these, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, all these sayings that people throw around as what's the word um cliche platitudes platitudes <laughs> you know someone the thing about platitudes is someone can look at a platitude and it'll just pop into their head and then they'll think about it and it'll just click with something um and then they will genuinely have you know have that more conscious in their mind or it'll just remind them of something they've forgotten and benefit their life because of it. And the same with cliches. <clears throat> I just, they're again, cliches for a reason, but if you can genuinely meditate, and I think this comes down to maybe awareness and consciousness as well as if really actually meditating on the fact that live each day like it's your last and you will lead a more thorough life and you're not going to be pushing off conversations for tomorrow. You're going to grab your partner and say, I love you. You know, I, I really appreciate having you and I, I value the time that we've spent together so far and, and thank you for being with me in this journey of life. Like imagine the power and closeness of your relationship if you vocalize that more often, whether it's a, a girlfriend, wife, or even just a friend as well. Like because one day you're not going to see that person again unfortunately that's that's just the reality of life and when we're young we can skip over that and and really think oh yeah there's next time i'll see them but even if there is if you come back to the present moment as much as possible and try and exhibit your truth and your feelings in the moment um you know there's a richness to life that becomes you know, the default or, you know, you try and lead that default if, again, if you meditate on the fact that this is a temporary thing, you know, this moment, this time will never come back to pass. So if you're not engaged with it and if you're not really thinking about it and being present in it, it's gone, it's wasted. And I yes. think once you internalize that, 
you know, your life becomes much more rich. Much more rich. And it's just, it's so fascinating how by acknowledging your own death, you actually discover your own life. It's like by finally facing the thing that you've just sort of been so afraid of because you were born into this reality where, you know, whether it was your parents, your teachers, your coaches, or all of them who would just throw you one-liners that suggested the root of their existence was that they're terrified of death. Like, that's all of us. We all have been conditioned to fear our own absence when in reality, the way to live wholly is by accepting your own absence and getting out of your own way. And, and I actually just realized something um, I actually got a head start. I don't know if you know this, but I'm 21 years old and my fake ID has been working since I was 17. So, and, and most people think I'm older, but I genuinely think I got a head start because of seeing my dad, his work ethic, the, the hardships he has faced. Um, most of our problems are very fucking easy to resolve. Yeah. Life yeah. is so simple. And when I hear about my dad, about how he escaped the military and, you know, traveled from boat to Malaysia uh, while he was in Vietnam, just all this crazy shit. Yeah. That alone, just remembering that fact yeah. has allowed me to stay the course and stay true to who I am while I'm living in this external bullshit going through schooling. Yeah. And because I've been able to stay that course, I've manifested everything I've ever desired you know i'm thriving i'm flourishing in health yeah. and um and i think that is so important for people to um acknowledge that you can take your pain and champion it and actually use it to empower yourself and and it's it's really a unique advantage without my dad uh being the man he is i wouldn't have that leverage to set myself apart from the rest yeah, yeah. There, I'm, I'm, I'm very sober. I'm nearing my 31st birthday, but my friend Paul here just reached his 21st, and yeah. it's funny, man. I consider myself the lucky one to be working with this kid because he's not a kid. He's a full-grown man. He went, <laughs> he went through a lot of pain, not just physically, but I mean, you went through a lot of pain at a young age, and you let yourself, for whatever reason, maybe you're just an old soul. You let yourself see it, bro, and because of that, you developed at a younger age and I, and I value you for that but one thing that i i would love to just briefly touch on brother because i feel like this is like the greatest thing that i can give any audience especially today is like i've spent so much time thinking about my own death at this point and one of the coolest things that i've discovered within it is that by as a man by approaching my own death i have discovered these two polarities which is again the tyrant the tyrant and the the good king so when we do approach our death, one thing that we do realize is, wait, holy shit. If I step out of my own way in my mind and I recognize that I'm not the ego and I let myself kind of just be for a little while, there's this inherent internal power that I feel coming alive. It's like it becomes more and more vital the more and more quiet I become. And that unwavering quiet within all of us, it is what all of us is. That's what pure being is. It's fundamentally silent. And when we tap into it, in some sense, quote unquote, you are dead. 
right? Because the ego has been silenced. So when we stand as being, we do find this, this, you know, this incredible power to lift weights extremely or to tap into this mind to muscle connection that's profound or to yeah. sit down and tap into this cognitive focus that's unusual, you know what I'm saying? When there is no glitching from the ego telling you what to do, you just do what you know you need to do. That to me is discovering sort of like... You're, for a lot of kids these days, they discover that power and it leads them to sort of the tyrannical archetype. But the other end of acknowledging your own death, despite that cool power that you realize is you can't help but recognize the simple moments in your life that you've been overlooking because you've been chasing something that wasn't you. So <laughs> I'm one of the more emotional, I guess, bodybuilders on the timeline. But one thing that I, I saw recently, because I, I, I'm only 30 years old, but like I said, I've really been working on acknowledging my own death because I, I do know deep down that that's the band that I really am and I want to live as. So the other day, my poor mom, who, who I've mentioned is, has martyred herself, um, one of the kindest, sweetest, most selfless people I've ever known. I looked down at her hands, bro and her knuckles on both hands are they, they almost look all broken and reason for that is because my mom has worked so hard in her life whether that be you know getting all four of us boys she had four boys um to practice at the same time running around you know mm. being a crazy mom or just working in the garden and doing all the heavy lifting that she shouldn't have had to do yeah. I didn't see her as a kid. I didn't see her doing those things because I was so caught up in my story. So that's one thing that, you know, having come home for a little while here, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time around my mom and I'm like, damn it, I want to be there for her. Yeah. Well, there would have been a chance that I wouldn't have even seen that until I did take on this sort of, you know, very, very deep um, acceptance of my own death. I, I would have missed out on that. I wouldn't have recognized that I wasn't there for my mother in the way that I want to be before I die. So in that sense, when we do acknowledge our death, we are given the chance to see what it means to be that good king or rather the good man that we know we all want to be. So I don't know. That's just to me right now, the most fascinating thing on my mind is just really actually sitting there in quiet and looking at your own, your own absence. Because who, who does that? Who's ever told you to do that? Nobody ever told me to do that. But yeah. it, it just feels so right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's another way of living that really unlocks when you first dig into the spiritual side of yourself. And that's what makes it so addicting, at least for me. It's like you read another book and there'll be a paragraph that really just sits you on your ass and you're like, fuck, man. Like... It, it just puts into perspective a whole lot of things, enables you to appreciate things more. <clears throat> and I wanted to mention that, you know, the, the physical spiritualism that I, that's been in my bio since, you know, I started Twitter is because I know that feeling of when you are deep in the set and you want to give up and everything's burning but you know inherently like well, i could do a few more like it's 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 just a feeling the pain the muscular fatigue like it's just a feeling and the spiritual side of it is being able to endure that pain knowing that the harder you go and the longer you go the more muscle cells you unlock and that's i think mm -hmm. the principle of bodybuilding in a way <clears throat> that makes it so spiritual 
And, you know, I'm sure it's the same with any endurance sport or, or things that are very hard physically is that it becomes a, the ultimate presence is like, you're not worried about anything else when you're under 300 pounds in a squat and, you know, it, it's your last rep of the set. Like it just doesn't enter your mind. And I think a lot of people, that's the avenue that they get into presence and awareness and the realization that you know the mind is this kind of simulation plaything that we can mold and we can be aware of and i think that that's for me what the gym has done and i'm sure for you guys as well um and it just flows into everything else and i think bodybuilding is a way through that you know your incline walk that the dry walk <laughs> is, is a through that uh which, which no it's, it's, it's true yeah it's true it really is true oh you haven't tried it yet bro is there a reason uh i'm a bitch <laughs> I was try- I was trying to get that out of you, but yeah. I wasn't expecting. Nah, nah, I'll get it. No, 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 I feel you. I feel you. It is, it is brutal. It is brutal until you've done it enough times to the point where it's just like anything else, you're like, oh shit, I've ridden a bike before. I can do this. But it's just here I am. I'm taking another step back. Just like man, I, you know, I here I am talking about accepting our own death. But it's not like I just fell upon this kind of thinking. There was an, an, a stage before this or a phase before this kind of thinking, which was, yo, I want to be jacked. And so that was like, that was the kind of beauty I was seeking prior to the beauty of becoming in my eyes, like a real man. So I don't know. I just feel like the, the gym, there's something special about pushing the body and having this like place we can all go to where we just crush ourselves and ultimately are seeking something beautiful we're trying to change our bodies or trying to gain strength all of this is beautiful and like yeah go ahead it makes you feel fucking alive i mean you're literally triggering your central nervous system vital in a you know survival mode yeah and it just makes you feel alive and the more comfortable you are in that discomfort you leave the gym and everything in life is fucking easy. Yeah, 100%. For, yeah. for me, to make it a little more per- personal, like um, my parents, we have a very, other people have said this, it would be weird for me to claim myself, but we've, we have an attractive family and my parents have done very well um, in this beautiful home and everything. But growing up, it was always, wow, the, the Reynolds family, you guys are the family on top of the hill. You guys go to the best schools, yada, yada. But deep down, man, I did not feel like I compared to my father on any level. So I just developed these profound insecurities at quite a young age. Yeah. Um, and for, for me personally, they came out as an eating disorder. So at, at a young age, it made no sense, but I just ballooned up because of all these damn Doritos I would come home and eat or whatever. But, you it know, instead of Doritos chips, oh my God. <laughs> I had to eat a lot just, of them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Chips, Burger King. I mean, nonstop, bro. Yeah. That was my childhood, really. So... You know, by the time I was 18, I found myself at 200 and some pounds. But anyway, I ended up going to college to play football where I ballooned up to about 300 pounds. I was one of the strongest players in the field, but it was crazy. But if you look at my family, it's like, wait, Jack was never supposed to be so big. Where is this coming from? And of course, it was insecurity coming out sideways. But um, anyway, I found myself in the gym a few years later and I started this incline walk thing 
And I did it because I had this friend who is a very, very intense bodybuilder. And he had told me if I do incline walk, then I'm not going to burn any muscle. I did not know the science behind it. I had no idea really what I was doing, but I just said, screw it. I'm going to do this. So I started walking and then, you know, a year later, I'd, I'd lost a hundred pounds. So I went from fat to fit in a year and ended up actually doing a brief stint as like a fitness model for a few major brands. But I'm really convinced that through that journey of just shifting my body, just kind of getting totally disgusted with myself physically and just saying, all right, like a radical, fuck this. I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm not going to be this man. I'm not going to be overweight. Um, I'm convinced that through that shift of weight, it kind of introduced me to what it means to like shift your soul, become more aware of, of your spirit. So it really is true. It's like through the gym, if you let it, if you let it be a tool for your internal expansion, it really can be. And anything else can be. But for, you know, as a man, it just seems like the gym and picking up heavy things and putting them down just seems to make sense. Yeah, it's the physical training has been a core of, you know, masculinity going back to the ancient Greeks, you know, I'm not sure before that in the caveman eras when if you could pick up the biggest club or rock, you were the big dog of the tribe, you know, it's it's kind of yeah. inherently coded into us, which makes it feel so primal. But it's interesting you say that about, like, going back to our conversation before, like, if someone had shown you how to lose weight, maybe through diet alone or just like coached you through it you wouldn't have had the same radical transformation that is now fueling you uh to you know have the mindset that you have so you know all of spiritual ascension you have to have your roots uh going down to the abyss below you know the tree of life rises high but the roots need to go down into the darkness just as much and i think that that's key in in spiritual growth is realizing and acknowledging the shadow uh, within ourselves and harnessing that power rather than shying away from it and you know jordan peterson speaks about this as you have to have the capacity for that side of yourself acknowledge it otherwise your your potential is you know it's lacking it's it's 2d and it's only one-sided yeah a hundred percent and i can admit <laughs> it's very simple for me to admit that i personally fell for the love and light trap in the same way that I sort of like very quickly and radically shifted my body type. When I started going within eventually, I started seeing some light within myself and it felt so good that I got attached to it. And I just fell for the same trap, but in the other polarity. Yeah. But it's just so true to me. I mean, there's so many unbelievably amazing people on money Twitter and they, they, they make sure to express the message that like, yo, you need your pain don't run away from your pain if anything love your pain acknowledge your pain feel your pain accept your pain because without your pain you don't go anywhere in the same way that we have to put gasoline in a car and without it we're not going anywhere without this sort of discomfort without this sort of and it doesn't have to be an egoic discomfort even like it can just be sort of a feeling that you acknowledge without that feeling of discomfort it's like there's nothing to get you to the next level of your existence so in that sense, it's just, it makes so much sense to me that, you know, what you're saying, it's like, yeah, we are the light. We are, you know, we're all, we're all the cosmos, um, but we all have to always remain vigilant and aware of our darkness because if we don't, you lose yourself. 
not to the light, but actually to the darkness that you're you're overlooking. Mm. It's mm. it's funny that you can. It's like there's so many layers, and you find yourself. Yes, I'm the spiritual guy, and then you get attached to that, and then you fucking realize, damn it, that's another ego trap. <clears throat> Every time you identify, you find yourself losing. Yeah. yeah. You just have to let it all go. You just have to let it all go and see what's still there. Yeah, it's it's a balance, right? Because I think a lot of people will try and completely destroy the ego and like you said earlier, that's not gonna happen. It's always there. It's about recognizing it for what it is, realizing that as a human, you need that to interface with this 3D world that we're a part of. Otherwise, you know, you kind of drift and go insane as as some people see if they get too deep in the spiritual, oh, I, I'm not real. And then they, they stop eating and, and things like that. Right. So yeah. it's both being aware of that, but also, coming back to real life and mm. bit cooking your meals and working a job and still taking care of this physical vessel that we inhabit temporarily in this life. Uh, otherwise, you know, you're away with the fairies. And I think there's, there's uh, a danger in trying to become too spiritual because you're performatively rising to this image again, identifying with being a spiritual dude, but also you're just existing in that realm and end up not achieving anything. So it's a, it is a balance of using the ego and trying to not let it control you. And if it's true that, if it's true that in order to get in touch with the core of who you are, you have to sort of inevitably detach from the identifications that you had been attached to previously in life. If that is really the way to get in touch with your core, then how can it not be that all of us are in fact one? Because you know, if I don't have this story about who I am and where I'm going and what I'm doing, if all that just kind of disappears, even if it's just for a second, and I'm able to tap into that pure being behind all of it, that pure awareness. Like if all of us is in that space and we're all just aware of each other, not as the thoughts that we're typically used to, but as this new experience of like yeah. being the silent pure being, you know, how could it ever be that we weren't any anything other than one this entire time? And it was only sort of our thoughts and our delusions that separated us. <laughs> and we we all continue to believe in it, but, but of course we do, you know? Yeah, well, it's, it's um these these truths become evident with people that are deep into the spiritual world and the way i think about all this stuff is like these people that have spent their whole lives thinking about these things meditating uh being more aware reading you know the monks they say these things that we're all part of the same thing and it's a truth that becomes you know, many different people from different walks of life come to this same realization, regardless of the religion, regardless of the particular sect of spirituality. When there is a common truth that exists between communities, there has to be something to it. Just like in a scientific world, if the hypothesis is be able to, to be proved by multiple people with different experiments, you can genuinely say that that's legit. You know, it's as you know, a scientific truth to some level. So, you know, when there has to be something to that. Now, I've been having these thoughts recently about humans being a part of the greater energetic 
collective, we are focused on our individual little jobs and we, our lives, and we think we are separate in that sense. But on the whole, we're all working in a city for, you know, creating these things like ants create anthills. You know, each ant, is it aware that of what it's doing or is it just doing its little job? Now, I don't know how insects work particularly, but at a grander level, it can be said that the earth, mother nature, is this organism in itself of which we are the little microbiome that's running around doing our things individually, but on a grander scale, we're affecting the globe. And that I think is a very important thing to internalize because when you realize that, you just naturally become much more nice to people and you want to help because you have that realization, oh, I'm not separate to these other people. They're just different expressions of me and different levels of energy that I can have a positive impact on or a negative impact on. So really, what do I want to do and help with these people? If that is the case, which I think most spiritual leaders or people that have had these experiences, they come to that realization. Yeah, yeah I would agree completely. It's so interesting to hear you talk about that, bro. I would do anything on the face of the earth to be able to have these conversations with you in person one day. I'm just saying, just putting it out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm just well, I'll saying, be in America soon, probably next year. Let's sometime. Go. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Don't share too many details, but that's all yeah. I needed to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's just, I just have so many insights every day. It's almost overwhelming, um, but <laughs> yeah, I swear it. it tapped in. <laughs> I'm tapped in, bro. Maybe a little too much sometimes, but. That's what you guys fucking gone, I know, just man. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you just gotta let go. But, but it almost seems to me that the, the degree to it, so many people on the face of the earth say they're kind, right? And they quote unquote act kind, but that to me does not imply true kindness. Like to me, true kindness is like when you do something that's very supportive and valuable for somebody else, not expecting anything in return. That's like, that's what I would call like true kindness, right? And it seems to me that the degree, at least in my experience, because I love people more than anything. I love getting out of myself because I was so lost earlier in my life, which, you know, implies kind of being very selfish. And I, I never really saw the people outside of me that once I finally did, especially lastingly, I just fell in love. So one thing that I've noticed is that the kindest people in my life tend to be people who have sort of, for whatever reason, whether by choice or whether by experience, and they just sort of had to deal with it. It's like the degree to which you have actually authentically accepted your own death is the degree to which you actually give back to the world that you're in because the degree to which you are willing to let go of yourself is the degree to which you are going to see that this self that you're letting go of that you think you are is the world. It is the world. None of us are our names or our thoughts or our jobs or our identities or where we're going or what we're doing, yada, yada. Fundamentally, we are all the same essence. And like, it's so weird to say that to somebody as I do all the time. You know, I, I fuck with people. I say these things in passing just to kind of get an idea of if I say this incredibly deep truth to this random person. And it resonates. And it resonates. I've changed their life. I mean, otherwise, yeah. it's just looking like, like I'm a crazy person. But I've just noticed that like, most people nod their head along to you when you sh when you share truths like this. So like on some level, all of us know it's true, but the people who really fuck with it, which tend to be the people who've experienced a whole lot of pain, 
those are the people who who <laughs> those are the people who always do the right thing. They always wait for you. They always are are willing to listen to you if they know you need to be heard. And it's just so interesting to me. Like I've really thought about this, bro. Like what's the one thing that I really want to bring to this podcast and and it's just sort of like an awareness of the value in approaching your own death from a place of love and grace. Because I can promise anybody on the face of the earth that if they feel unfulfilled if they feel like they haven't figured out what it is or they haven't found the right person to bring into their lives whatever that lack of fulfillment is actually subjective it has nothing to do with the external and where we're missing where we're missing from life is really just getting real and to get real if you feel lost because i felt so lost before that i thought i let myself think that i didn't even know what real was and what unreal was like dude i i have fucked with myself to an unusual degree to figure out what's true and what isn't but i just know at this point that all the world is detached from the truth that we're all going to die one day because when you when you are a man who allows yourself to accept that like truly truly accept that yeah, your whole reality is going to change in the way that you see everything, including what you are, is going to change. Yeah, I think it's a, a symptom of how we treat death in Western society now. And, you know, most traditional communities, there is a, a celebration of life in the funeral aspect uh, that is different in Western societies where it's like it's a sad thing. Uh, once you die, you are gone forever, you know, and there's much, you know, there's a lot of wisdom and teachings from other communities and other <clears throat> peoples that say, okay, death is the end of this physical body that we're in. That's all it is. Your soul, your energetic, whatever you want to call it, that thing, whatever that was before your birth, whatever you were before your birth is what you return to. Now, that doesn't mean you're gone. That doesn't mean, it just means you're not in this 3D plane inhabiting that particular physical body. Now, I, I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of it. I haven't done as much thinking about the process of death as a lot of other people have. I'm just going off, you know, what, what other people who are deeper into this space have said, and that is, you know, they said they've spoken to their father who's previously passed on in deep meditation or, or seances or whatever. So, you know, I think that because we believe that death is the end, we think that it's this hugely scary thing and so we never want to consider it we never want to think about it and it's this fear-based mindset to do with death <clears throat> and i think that that's at root what is you know making us have this mindset you know very spiritual monks they will take their own lives in a very calm way because they realize that you know, this is just one plane of existence and they'll go back to whatever it was before. And I'm not saying that that's the correct way to view things and, you know, all the rest of it. But I, I do think that there's a lot of unexplored issues and questions and the mentality that death is the end forever for good, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I think if you, again, meditate on, you know, I'm here 
in this physical realm for X amount of years. Let's do as much as I can within this body with the time I have. And then whatever happens after that, I'll find out. But again, the present moment is all you have to be scared of the end, which, you know, if you think it is the end, the end, then you're not going to care. You're, you're gone. So whichever way you look at it, you're... The, the logical conclusion is to not worry about it either yeah, you go on to the, if you go into the next realm and you're just chilling in the ethereal space cool let's go great but if yeah, you're gone gone sure. what was it like before you were born Ooh. nothing then then why worry about it and why you know it's removing the fear and the shackles that you have about it enables you to be more present again in this realm that we are in now so whichever way you believe in it it doesn't make sense to be scared of it. Yeah, it, it literally makes zero sense whatsoever. And which is so, which makes so much sense to me because I know that the ego makes no sense when you really start unpacking it. But it's mm. it's so interesting. And it's so cool to me to hear you say that because um, I think it was Alan Watts who said it. He was like, I was listening to one of his lectures probably five years ago. There were two things that man said that just shocked me into a different reality. But the first thing was, anxiety and laughter are two sides of the same coin and then the other one after that was um damn it so glad you said it um and i'm gonna black out on him forgetting but it's it's one thing that i think has made me think so much about death this past year is covid and being somebody who has approached death you know relatively young um i really am okay with it and so when this global epidemic approached, I was one of the few, as I'm sure you were too, and same with Paul, we just approached it with a totally different uh, energy, a totally different approach. Um, I just refused to be afraid of it, you know? And it's just so interesting because anywhere I would go, if I, if I didn't seem afraid of it, if I didn't want to wear like a mask over my face or whatever, um, most of the world would, would stand against me. Yeah. which made me take this kind of thinking even deeper. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think, I, think, I think it's very obvious that most of the world currently is stuck in sort of a fear of the unknown, yeah. Yeah. which if, that, you know, if that's true, because here's the thing, like I'm 30 years old, I expect to live another 70 years. The rest of my life is unknown. Does that mean that I'm afraid to live? No, it excites me. I don't know what's coming. Yeah. I know who I am, but I don't know what's coming. And so that excites me. I know how powerful I am. I'm in touch with myself. Um, but if you're afraid of the unknown, can you imagine? Can you imagine living in that mind space for your entire lifetime? Because yeah. I do think that that's been kind of normalized at this point. But encouraged. In, in my encouraged, yeah, absolutely. And, and even beyond encouraged, it's like you're bullied if you stand against it. Yep. which is something, you know, I'll never, ever, ever, ever stand for that kind of approach to anything. So it's, it's just really, really interesting. And it's really exposing to me of the state of the world, because ultimately the way to live your, your best life is to embrace the unknown, is to embrace that which you otherwise would have been afraid of. A hundred percent. It's, you know, it's, and I think it's all encouraged. It's all by design to have people living in fear, right? Change is always going to happen. Things don't stay the same. You could argue that the present moment is never, well, it is never in a fixed position where everything is good. Everything is 
or you know the reverse everything is bad forever you know it's it's a moment of change it's an ebb and flow it's a stream it's not a fixed position so if you can have people constantly afraid you keep them in this lower vibrational mindset which brings on sickness which brings on you know they're burning all their energy through worrying every day then they're not going to have the capacity to rise up as a force against you that is the aim of these things and that's the aim of the last year and a half two years propaganda and all the rest of it is like this fear-based ruling because if you if you can make someone scared then you control them or the fear controls them and they're never going to act out and stand up for what they believe in if they're scared of what's going to happen you know a lot of people are getting these experimental medical things because they're afraid to stand out even you know against the crowd or whatever and it's all because of the media brainwashing i think you know the first thing to do is obviously turn off the tv turn off the news and you will find that that alone is gonna remove your cortisol yeah. fucking a hundred times. But oh my god, it's start eating well, turn off your damn news, yep. start filling your body with with healthy foods, put your feet in the grass, start exercising, get sun every single day. Yeah, get your sleep. Don't sleep too long. I mean, it's just living outside of the state of depression that's been normalized. Yeah, and it's 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 almost it's almost bizarre. My mother's favorite movie growing up was Wizard of Oz. And I think of the state of the world and how this kind of bullshit can be maintained and, and how what you're saying to me is just so blatant and true at this point that there is this desire by, you know, I have no idea who and I'm never going to name a name, but it does seem like there is some quote unquote force that does want to almost prevent our ascension as a collective because yeah. these narratives and these systems that we have in place that keep us stuck and thinking about the same kind of shit that does keep us stuck. Yeah. Um, it seems intentional. And it, it, it brings me back to the wizard of Oz because ultimately how do we get beyond this as a humanity, you know, as the light quote unquote, not yeah. that I identify as it cause you know, I have bullshit in me too. Yeah. But, we have to, it's like we have to really see how this is going on because it's really just a bullying tactic. So there's because in the wizard, of there's two ways to think about it. It's like there's a, well, the best way to think about it all is that this is the event which is enabling us to confront the darkness before this whole thing. People were happy just living their lives and it, it wasn't particularly impacting, like even if they're, because this whole thing has been in process for 60, 70 years with the propaganda and everything. And that's a whole different story. But if you have <clears throat> this blatant issue where now you can't even leave your fucking house, that's your prisoner now. That is so blatant that you have to confront it. So what you have to view all this as is an opportunity for you to really see what you are made of. If you genuinely want to rise above, then this whole thing is the dojo. It's the training ground to ascend. And you have to view it that way because it's happening. It's it's existing. You can resist it and cry and get even more stressed about it or see it for what it is see what the best thing you can do in this situation is in order to be the strength for other people and crystallize 
metamorphosize into the butterfly from the caterpillar that was unaware, just doing its thing, mm. fucking eating Doritos and watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Doritos. No, 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 no. You're very accurate. No, it's, it's, uh, oh man, I, this is why I love you, bro. This is why I love being on money Twitter is because I'm human, you know, and I still, I still, you know, I'll, I'll think the wrong thing sometimes. I'll believe in the wrong things. And then you have somebody show up who's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Although that's true. What if we shift that up with a, just a little bit? What if we put a little different flavor or a little twist on that? Yeah. Because it's true. It's like, there really is. That's what's so beautiful about life is like, here we are talking about COVID and all the darkness of the world. But even so, I'm smiling all the while because deep down, I know that despite all of this, there is always a silver lining. Yeah. And most of the time, I'm not even, you know, really aware of that silver lining, but it, it really is true. Like, Solra, I can't say that I would have become the man that I know I am now and, and whom I am still becoming had I not been somebody who did take a step back and question this this whole virus thing, this whole pandemic from a different different standpoint. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it really is like an alley-oop from the cosmos to kind of slam dunk my ascension. That's really, yeah. that, that really is how it feels. And on Money Twitter, sometimes I feel like we're almost like making a joke of it. You know, people sending these tweets out that are like, I saw some guy wrote a tweet the other day that was like, I don't even really know if it's true. But having spent enough time on Money Twitter, I'm kind of convinced that there's like this shadowy cabal that is, you know, pedophilic and doing all these awful things that is slowly trying to take over our world. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to do everything in my power to stand against it. Yeah. <laughs> and whether or not it's true, I don't, I guess I don't even really care at this point. It's just an opportunity for all of us to, to, I guess, unite, to really yeah. just kind of let go and, and, and tap back into the meaningful things. Yeah, I mean, whether or not it's true and i think there are some nefarious players whether they're all connected or they're just various warring factions trying to make more money which i think is more more likely but you know for all intents and purposes for people that are against that kind of thing to band together to stick up for what's right and to stand against it as one in a more spiritually aware and conscious place that's a good thing no matter what is happening and you know, the way I think about these things is like, whether or not it's true, if you take steps that are going to help you be more independent and aware of things, you know, governments have been trying to fuck over the people since governments existed. That's just what happens, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the government themselves, whether it's the people, the unelected officials that are giving down health guidelines that somehow now the whole world has to adhere to, you know, whether or not those people themselves are literally trying to uh you know affect a little person for their nefarious reasons or they just think they're doing the right thing regardless it doesn't matter because they're taking away your freedoms they're taking away your autonomy as a as a human being in this world so it has to be resisted either way and i think just be aware of that and help those around you and yourself become more resilient as a human per as a human being and and grow and you know that's all we can do and eventually uh the light will win as it always does it can't not it can't not exactly well boys i think that'll uh that'll wrap us up so thank you dre thank you paul for a beautiful conversation on the soulcast. Mm -hmm. 
My brother, it was uh, a long time coming. I uh, value you so much as a friend and just as a, a person that I get to learn from every day. And just appreciate you being open to letting us on. I know I can talk for days about this stuff, but um, <laughs> what a pleasure. What a no, pleasure. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, man, of course. Uh, where can people reach you before we go? Mm -hmm. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I'm new to this, man. So this is the first time I've... <sighs> Like I said, bro, I was like nearly home. I was homeless for quite some time out in Montana and yeah. uh, have never launched a business before. That is for sure. But yeah. my friend Paul and I have spent the last many, many months just trying to get something off the ground that is really coming from our core um, and which we know is the truth. But people can find us. Um, actually, if you head to my bio, it might not be today or this weekend, um, but this Monday, which would be, I think, like the 26th, 26th, um, in, our, in my bio on Twitter, we'll have a website. And on that website, people can click it and go to our page for our business, which is called Muscle, which is muscle and soul. Um, and yeah, man, we're going to be training some dudes from, uh, I don't know, just trying to train, train people to become their most aesthetic versions possible and um, just trying to connect with them on an unusually deep level all the while. So really excited for what we have coming. Very good. Me too. Yeah, Thanks again, yeah, boys. I'm sure we'll do this. Appreciate you, bro. Hell yeah. All right, man. Be well. All right. Ciao. Later, man.